And welcome in to the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Jake Miller, Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, intern Jack on a victorious, very victorious, like dominating victorious Monday edition of the G.I. Jake Show, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, online at fanrunradio.com, and your new and improved Fan Run Radio app. If you haven't heard, Tennessee beat the hell out of Kentucky, up one side of Rupp Arena, and back down the other on Saturday. Yeah, we allowed 92 points. Bottom line, we put up 103 points. That's that's up there for the most points allowed, I think, in Rupp Arena all time. Tennessee, prior to this game on Saturday, before the Rick Barnes era, Tennessee had won a total of four times. Four times at Rupp Arena. If you know anything about this series, I mean, these teams play twice a year. Occasionally only play once, but twice a year. And then Rick Barnes comes in. Rick Barnes now has... Count them four wins against Cal at Rupp. Four wins. And we talk about Rick Barnes underachieving in March, and we all know that's a thing. We all know that we flame out in March quite a bit. And then you start to think about it. Look at the University of Kentucky. John Calipari has been there since 2009. Look at all that talent that they have had. You look, I think there's seven guys from the University of Kentucky in the NBA All-Star game this year. That's the amount of talent that's come through there. They've only got one banner to show for it. They only have one national championship when they have consistently been probably the best team in college basketball, at least the most talented roster in college basketball since he's been there. This goes all the way back to the John Wall DeMarcus Cousins era. They've only got one national title out of all that which brings me to the question of the day who has underachieved more is it rick barnes or is it john calipari yeah you got a national championship in there realistically you should probably have what three or four maybe five when you look at some of the teams that have come through there that john wall demarcus cousins team should have went all the way uh, Anthony Townsend went 37-1, right? Uh, that would have been... Was when they Kat, lost to Wisconsin? Was Cat on that team? I know Devin Booker was on that team. That was when they were doing like the platoon system. Willie Cauley-Stein was on that team as well, I'm pretty sure, because Willie Cauley-Stein was on the team that went to the NIT, and they all decided they were going to come back and try to prove something. Uh, Jack, if you don't care, that first knob right there, turn it up to about five. Yeah, it's on there. Okay, good. We got you now. So, Jack, who is... Who's underachieved more here? See, I saw a stat they showed uh, Saturday night. Um, Rick Barnes had been to 27 NCAA tournaments, Calipari 22, and Barnes had only gone to one Final Four while Calipari went to six. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. obviously Calipari hasn't won the thing as many times as he probably should have, but he's gone gone the distance most times. Um, He's definitely had better rosters, but the fact that Barnes has only been to one in 27 – years is kind of astounding hopefully you can make it two and 28 this year though and let's point out the elephant in the room 
Tobe Awaka. If you got five guys on the floor, I can't exactly remember who it was. It was Tobe Awaka, Jordan Ganey. I'm pretty sure Mayshack was out there. Connect was out there. Connect and Ziegler. Which one of those are you least likely to go after? <laughs> I, I mean, you walk, don't of do that to yeah. him. Yeah, there's certain guys you just don't do that to. Tobe Awaka is one of those dudes. You just don't do that to him. And then Aaron Bradshaw tried to kiss him. That'd have been nothing burger if, the, if Bradshaw didn't like push him. Yeah, Dillingham, they would have went their separate ways and move on. Yeah, wouldn't take twenty minutes to give bogus technicals to guys that weren't really involved. Uh, Jordan Gain- Jordan Ganey must have said something yeah. real bad yeah. in order to get a T on that. Marcus, what do you think that Jordan Ganey told Aaron Bradshaw in that situation to get a T? Because he had to say something really, really bad. To be honest with you, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. I didn't get to watch the game. I was working all weekend. I saw the highlights of the game, but it didn't show uh, anything from Ganey. So, I don't know. He probably said uh, something about going back to the coal mine, something like that maybe, <laughs> uh, if I had to guess, but not totally sure. I think it was something a little bit more explicit than that. There are certain words that you say that get you an automatic tech. Obviously, he said it to where the refs heard it too. Yeah, he said it loud enough. But notice, like during that scuffle, you know, most time your team's ready to fight with you. They had so much confidence in Tobey Awaka that he could just whip Bradshaw's ass. They were all laughing and smiling. His eyes, Awaka's <laughs> eyes. Oh. My gosh, I wouldn't have got in the middle of that. No, if I'm a ref. And it's like, okay, do I break this up or just let it happen? At that point, when I see the look in his eyes, you just kind of let it happen at that point. I wish, oh my goodness, I wish he would have two-pieced him in front of God and everybody. I really do. I really, really do. As far as performances, Jonas Adu, 11-11. and 11. Dalton Connect, 16-4. and four. Zakai Ziegler, 26 with 13 assists. Vescovy, 11-4. Awaka had four points in his 10 minutes. Jordan Ganey won a four from three, not just five points. Jemai Meshack puts up four. Chucking, man. <laughs> hey, oh, buddy, he did. And then I'm not going to I'm not going to say this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Triple J had 26 and 5. <laughs> this is he like actually one of the sh- greatest things that happened. Well, the thing, like he actually shot the ball. Like, this is why I was so excited to see him do well, was the fact that you take this guy who hasn't done much of anything since conference play started, and then all of a sudden he plays like the five-star that he is. It's like, that's why I was excited to see him do well. It's like, dude, you're a five-star athlete. We know that you can do this. This is why we get so frustrated with you when you don't play well. We were really excited to see you play well on Saturday because that's how we know you can play. You weren't playing scared. That might be his biggest problem is when he's in the game prior to this weekend, he's going out and he's playing scared. He's thinking too much. What did he do on Saturday? He went out there and he had fun. Did he not? Yeah, he was aggressive from the get-go, yeah, I would say. We want to hear from you. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop on the G.I. Jake show. Daniel is up first. What do you say, Daniel? There is no sweeter victory and beating Kentucky, and to do it at Rupp Arena is even more sweeter. 
Oh, can you imagine how many people refinance their transmission in order to be able to afford tickets to this game? And now they have to go back home to their families. Hey, sorry, I wasted our vacation days and our vacation budget on this this slop in which we went up there and we gave up 103 points, 57 of which in the second half. There was a lot of Bell County tears shed uh, in their mobile homes because they've never been to Rupp Arena. Oh, you know that those coal mines were cold on Sunday. Oh. They saw two oh. losses in the week at home. Yeah, that's that's extra rare. Like that's something else we need to talk about is the fact how rare that is that they lose at Rupp two games in a row. Giving up like almost a hundred in both of them. Yeah. Jake, I'm just going to answer your question. The que- the answer is is Calipari, and I've said it for mm-hmm. years. I mean, the guy. I mean, I, there was a stat that they that I, I saw on Twitter. I forget. I think it was either '98 or in, t- in the year. T- uh, in the, in the, in the 2000s, that the amount of five stars per program that Duke and Kentucky both had in the 30-plus, and everybody else had, like, Duke was the next, with uh, North Carolina was the next with, like, 11, and Kansas had 10. But that's the that that's the difference that they've been able to have. They've had the success on the recruiting trail and putting, putting guys in the league. The answer is always going to be Calipari because of that. The guy is a perennial. Uh, I mean, he like you said, he's won one one title with all of that talent that's came through Kentucky, and for them to make six Final Fours, they don't. They don't. I mean, we're going to be thrilled to go to a Final Four. They don't care about Final Fours there because they're a blue blood that cares about basketball and an and, and SEC conference team. They care about basketball. They're measured by. By titles, not Final Fours. So, absolutely, it's Calipari. The guy constantly underachieves, and I'm glad they gave him that lifetime contract because oh. Rick Barnes is his daddy. Oh yeah, his. Boss. It's not six Final Fours at Kentucky. It's in his career, right? No, no I thought it was a. That the, the stat was well. I thought because it showed all his. Yeah, I thought it showed all like 800 and he said he had 847 wins, winning percentage. And then I thought it said six Final Fours, but I don't know if he's been to six since he's been to. To, at Kentucky, maybe like four, because he went to one at Memphis, right? Let's he, check well, the he, stats. He had and he went, and, and he went to UMass. Uh, went to had, UMass. Go ahead. About to he, he has, has been, he has uh, been to six. Two of them have been negated because one of them was at UMass, and then the other was at Memphis. Well, yeah, go ahead, Marcus. You were going to say. No, that's literally what I was about to say. 2011, 2012, so 2014, 2015, all seasons with Kentucky – 2008 and 1996, both vacated by the NCAA, but technically, okay. yes, he has been to six. Okay. It's it, it, it's wild to think. I mean, that, and, you know, their calling card lately has been putting guys in the league, but you know, I just don't. I I, I just think that that whole song and dance is going to get going to get tired with Kentucky fans. But I don't care. We, I mean, Rick Barnes. I mean, the stat was in the top ten. He's seven and one against them when both teams are in the top the top ten matchup. Yep. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna come down to the line. It's gonna happen. I mean, it's it's it was they game plan to stop connect, and that's fine. That's what they did. But everybody else decided that they were that they were a a, a Sweet Sixteen team. The same, basically, the same crew as a Sweet Sixteen team last year, and they they play like this, and they play like that. They were. I'll tell you. Jonas Adu is one of the most important team players to this team. Uh, you got to have if he just scores ten a game, it changes the 
and he's and he's aggressive like he was on Saturday, it changes the tune. That it does. And, you know, something else to note about Calipari. You know, we talk about, you know, all the talent they've had and how they've only got one banner to show for it. That coming in 2012, obviously. They're coming up on nine years that they have not made a Final Four with all that talent. They're coming up on six years in which they have not won the SEC tournament. They won it in 2020, but before that, I mean, we can all agree, it's like that whole time period, 2020 and 2021, were just weird. But before that, they had not won a regular season SEC title since 2017. I mean, think about that. When you got all that talent, you you really have no excuse. And then you got teams like Alabama who lose the number two overall draft pick, and they're still playing very well. They're at the top of the SEC right now. Yeah, I think Kentucky is one of those jobs that whatever ends up happening with Calipari and his lifetime contract that you don't really – like that's kind of like the Alabama job, and it's, it's like – you just don't know. You're walking into like like a hornet's nest that you have to produce immediately. That's the same thing with Alabama. That's what we were talking about, Kalen DeBoer. Like the guy's destined to fail. The guy who follows Kyle Perry is destined to fail. But I think that they got to have. A, they're going to make. They're going to. They're going to have a come to Jesus meeting probably in the next little bit. I would imagine because yeah, it's it's. But I, I, but it's it, it's nice beating Kentucky. I can't wait for the, now. We finished that game. That's the that's the last regular season game for us, right? Yes, at, that is going to be a four o'clock tip that day. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I can't wait. I, I I always have these Kentucky games circled from where we live, Jake. It's always I love. I mean, and, and there is no greater tweet out there than the than the. Wildcats tears that Wiggles puts out. I mean, they bottle them up and they sell them, and it's absolutely gold. It's gold. It's great. I love it. We've got a big week this week. Uh, I think we play A&M Saturday on the road, which is, you know, that's uh, can't, can't sleep on them. So uh, got a lot coming up. Hopefully we get something resolved with this Into the Boy stuff and uh, we abolish the Into the Boy. By the way, where can we get those shirts? Working on it. We are working on it. Beautiful. Y'all have a good day and go balls. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Daniel. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Attention, Fan Run listeners. This is Bob Baskerville. Make sure to come check out the Fan Run Morning Show with me and John Reed, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on 1340 a.m., 105.7 FM, and the Fan Run app. It's your morning go-to for the latest that's happening in the world of sports on Rocky Top and around the country. So join us every morning on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, 
navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you in need of a smile makeover? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa at Knoxville Smiles. And if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add implants to your mouth, whatever you may need, we're here to discuss a wide range of easy, pain-free cosmetic and restorative procedures that can create a glowing, radiant smile that you've always dreamed of. Don't wait any longer. The time is now. Call us today at Knoxville Smiles and schedule your appointment at 865-539-1776 or go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, Division of Rogers Hydrant Service is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit RogersHydrantService.com. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Guys, did anybody realize that we had a Pro Bowl this weekend? No. I was not tuned in, no. I mean, I knew it was on, but there's no need to watch it. I mean... So you lied, Brett. What? He said, were we aware that there was one? And you said no. And you're like, well, I was aware. You can't, you can't just lie on the air like that, Brett. <laughs> Golly. So, everyone can remember a point in time where it meant something to play in the Pro Bowl. It meant something to play in the NBA All-Star Game. When these games were competitive, out there trying to do something. Marcus, you can vouch for more of us than anybody when it comes to hockey as to how that All-Star Game works and how it compares to the other two. I think the MLB All-Star Game probably still has some merit to it. But the Pro Bowl, I mean, what was the final score, like 62-59? to 59? Yeah, 64-59, something like that. Yeah, That's not well, a football game. Well, it was flag football, so... And that's even dumber. That's even dumber. <laughs> Marcus, I want your take on this because you're more passionate about the NFL than anybody in this room. Does it hurt to look at the Pro Bowl as what we knew it as? Like going out to Hawaii for the week and doing the skills challenges and you have a competitive game that Sunday versus now you get a flag football game. How does that feel? I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I've never felt like the Pro Bowl was worth that much. Um, I, You know, people always want to point out the one play where Sean Taylor smacked a guy in the Pro Bowl, which is great. 
but I'd I'd want to go b- back and look at that score. Like, did anyone really try in that game either? Besides Sean Taylor, Sean Taylor was just he was just a beast, man. Like that's just who he was. He wasn't gonna let up for anybody. But I really can't think if anyone was like that in the Pro Bowl besides him. Like why? Like when people want to talk about how it's gotten softer and it's flag football now, they only show the Sean Taylor play. Like no one shows anything else besides maybe Peyton Manning calling his kicker an idiot five times, which was is pretty great. But like other than that, no one has ever shown me a highlight of a Pro Bowl that is more like a football game. So, in my honest opinion, I feel like the Pro Bowl's been kind of worthless as long as I can remember. Um, I, the NHL All-Star Game, it's okay. Like it, I enjoyed the skills competition more than anything, seeing who has the, slap, uh, the hardest slap shot, um, who's the fastest skater, things like that. And when they do a shootout, they can typically have fun with it. I think back when uh, Nashville had it, the goalie Pecorine had um, tried to save a, a shootout shot with a guitar which was pretty cool. Like people have fun with that, but the games are just as wild. Like they do a tournament between each division. And I think there was a game that was like six to five. Like I know that happens in hockey, but like not that often. So I, I don't know. I think all, all stars and pro bowls are kind of pointless if I'm honest with you. I mean, look at the NBA dunk contest, for example, you know, back in the day you had guys like Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins. I'm pretty sure Kobe was in one. And then you start seeing less and less of your top-tier guys that want to compete in the slam dunk contest. And that's something you want to see. Like You want to see the big dogs compete at this. Blake Griffin, would we say is probably the last, like, at the time he was pretty big. Was he the last big guy that we saw actually try to perform in the slam dunk contest? Probably, but he was also an amazing dunker. That he was. I think your best players aren't necessarily best dunkers. Oh, the Lob City Clippers? That was one of the most fun teams to watch. And people don't want to get out there and be embarrassed. <laughs> like, True. It's no fun watching a guy miss 12 times in a row. I mean, Mac McClung is six foot two, and we saw what he did last year. I mean, that Aaron, was incredible. Aaron Gordon's an NBA champion. He's a starter on the champs. He, he is. averaged 20 points a game. He's incredible. Is he the first option on that Zach team? Zach Levine. I mean, he's well, he's well known. He's an all star. He's right. made all star games. Zach Levine ain't never going to do anything in the league. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, they're big names. They're all-stars. They're big names. They're big names, but... As for the Pro Bowl, though, I will say that at least now all the guys that get voted in are going. Yeah. Because they're not having to hit each other. And, I mean, there's no, there was no need to even hit each other to blitz or anything like that. They weren't even getting paid. You know, like, guys aren't going to show up for that. You also, you're, you know, you're, a lot of the people that win the Super Bowl, they, they don't go. NHL, they all the top players go. It doesn't even matter as well. Did you all know that before 1950, they had NFL All-Star games in which you had the All-Stars play a team? So, like, the All-Stars from 1938 would play the Giants. The All-Stars from 39 would play the Packers. The All-Stars from 1940 would play the Bears. Same in 1941. In the 1942, the All-Stars actually beat the Redskins. That's the only time the All-Stars actually won. Then World War II happened. And then we started back up in 1950. And part of me thinks that this is probably a high-scoring game for back then. 28-27, to 27, Otto Graham was your MVP. 
Hmm. Oh, they did it again. In 1965, the All-Stars played the Bills. Golly, what a slop fest this is. Why are we wasting our breath on this when we can be talking about some of the teams that lost this past weekend? This is stupid. (laughs) Get it together, Jake. Yeah, you brought it up. (laughs) I brought it up. I mean, like, it honestly looks like the last time it was a competitive game was back in 1998 when it was 23 to 10. Since then, consistently, it's been 51-31, 38-17 in 2000, so who knows there. 38-30, 45 50 38-27. It's not been competitive for a long time. But that's what you want the scores to be, right? I mean, I can't imagine watching the 23 to 52. Yeah, you you want that an all star game? You don't care. We just it's... had 62 35, and you're complaining. What, do you want to see? Do you want to see points or see a defensive struggle? It's not a football game if you're just scoring nonstop. Like, oh, you're talking about the best players, though, Marcus. Like these are good offensive players, so, the best in the league. So you're telling me the best defensive players? I mean, Randy mean Moss nothing? and you mean, you mean and Terrell like, Owens are on the same side well, on the same field. Well, who was on the defensive side of that point? A bunch of schmoes. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's going to be some good. Defensive so you'd players. rather watch that twenty-three to ten game? I would rather watch a competitive game where there's actual stars playing a real game. Yeah. I don't want to watch this Randy Moss like dunking on some schmohawk that no one cares <laughs> why? about. Why? What? what do you mean? What do you mean? What? Those like, are the fun plays you want to see. You don't want to see a sack. You yes, wanna... I do. I like defense. I'm a defensive guy. I prefer a fun defensive game because at least it means that I know I'm holding them back. That's what's frustrating. Out of all the people here, Kansas City Brett should be enjoying the defense because that's the only reason why your team's in the in the Super Bowl. Because their defense held Lamar Jackson, and as you point out, constantly. We're talking about a Josh Pro Bowl, Allen. Mike Marcus. I'm not talking about a regular season game. A Pro Bowl. If if I want a competitive game, that means I want the defense to do what they're supposed to do too. Okay. I don't want 52 to 55. <laughs> That's not. So I mean, I don't know. What you're, so you hated why Tennessee, you, Alabama, 52 49. Why do you think I wanted our defense to stop them? What do you mean? <laughs> if, we'd just, wa- if we had beat Alabama, we're strictly talking about all star games. Alabama 24 to seven. I would have been elated. If you would like to sponsor the argument today, feel free to send an email to well, Jake you guys, at sportsradio.com. Do you want to see points or not in an all-star game? If you would like to sponsor the argument of the day. Do you want a real game or do you want It is just, a real game. It's please an all-star send an email. It's, not, it's, not, a, it's, not, it's a not a real game. game. It's not a real game. Okay, that's why the point shouldn't matter then. Please send an email to Jake at sportsradio.com. I love watching the NBA all-star game because they go out and shoot threes and there's alley-oops and dunks and there's no defense. I, I, no defense is silly to me. Why play the game then? Why play the game? <laughs> In other news, Kansas shoots 69% from the field on Saturday in route to a 78-65 to victory over number four, Houston. Number eight, Kansas takes them down. My goodness. Imagine going 31-45 to from the field to your opponents, 25-69. for Nice. 36.2%. That was probably the most dominating performance on Saturday, give or take. And when you shoot that good from the field, you're doing something right. Number 12, Iowa State goes down to Baylor, 70-68. to What else happened? Cincinnati takes down. I mean, you had Duke Carolina. Carolina won that one. Carolina won that one. That was, uh, that was a good one to watch. I hate those uniforms that Duke wears, like the navy blue with the old English. Yeah. I don't like those at all. Uh, Cincinnati beats Texas Tech on the road, 75-72. to Auburn throttles Ole Miss. That one uh, – Ole Miss, they're, uh, they're, I wouldn't say they're getting exposed, but we're finding out what team. It's their first home loss. It's their first home loss. I mean, we're, we're finding out who they really are. We might have, might have been prematurely excited about that one. 
Uh, Utah State, number 17 in the country, goes down to San Diego State, a team that uh, was in the Final Four last year. Keep in mind, a team that kind of always tries to make that push in March. It's like a team you always look out for. Florida Atlantic uh, dominates Tulsa. They got to the hundo mark. BYU beat West Virginia. That's a team you just you hate to see it. West Virginia, they've just fallen off a cliff. They have fallen off a cliff and fallen hard. Number 23, Oklahoma goes down to UCF. That's a bad loss for them, an 11-point loss on the road. Alabama, of course, throttles Mississippi State. That loss is looking worse and worse for us with each passing week. And then Texas goes into TCU, picks up a 77-66 to 66 win. Throughout the weekend, other than the Tennessee game, what would you say was the most impressive impressive win throughout the weekend? Uh, probably either Kansas or Purdue winning at Wisconsin yesterday was a good win. It's hard watching <laughs> Purdue play, though. Gosh, it's hard. I mean, just dump the ball into Zach Eady. That's all I got I mean, it do. wasn't about him yesterday no. as much as it was the other guys, but, I mean, he's – I mean, it's, he's hard to watch, but – for what he is and what he does, I mean, he does it the right way. He dominates the game as he should. You know, I would hate to see them in March. <laughs> of all the teams, oh, I, I don't want to see them. Again. I don't want to see them again. I mean, so um, you know, it, it definitely be them. I mean, Carolina obviously beating Duke is obviously a top ten win as well. I mean, I mean, in ours, and ours is right there as well. I mean, coming off the way we played against South Carolina, uh, you know, I'll first admit I said I thought Kentucky was going to beat us. And we went. They went in there. And thanks to Triple J, they shut me up. Mm-mm-mm. I'd say mine. This was an impressive first half performance, and it was St. John's against UConn. They were playing very well. I mean, even through the first few minutes of the second half, they were doing okay. And then UConn just pulls away late. I mean, they absolutely dominated in the second half and route to a thirteen point win, outscoring St. John's forty one to twenty seven in the second half. But there's something about a Duke-North Carolina game that I, I love to watch, man. Atmosphere was good. Man. A- atmosphere great. is always great in those games. It's always right, and you can tell how much that game means to everybody on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. And someone else that it means a lot to, and he probably took this harder than anybody this weekend, Reed Shepard at Kentucky. We talk about him a lot. Mm-hmm. Good player. Just because he is one of the few guys in college athletics where you can say, yeah, that guy's actually playing where he wants to play. That guy knows what it means to play at Kentucky. That guy knew what it meant for Kentucky to win this game on Saturday. And you got to think, he had no fouls going into the second half. He picked up one, I think, with about eight minutes to go, seven minutes to go, something like that. Yeah. He had to burn his last four fouls trying to send Tennessee to the free throw line. Nobody else was out there trying to foul. Well, I mean, Dillingham fouled out as well. Dillingham he fouled was out. fouling too. Which he had four fouls up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a guy. You know, I think he was just frustrated, and he was just the one to foul. I mean, they weren't going to win. No. You know, so. No, they weren't going to win. I mean, when you look at the numbers that Kentucky put up, I mean, obviously, Dillingham, he had 35. I mean, that, that was, was just on, ridiculous. Yeah, he, he was on a heater. <laughs> Tony Reeves, he put up 21, and then Shepard had 16. Uh, really, nobody else had anything going offensively. Justin Edwards, he had seven points. That's almost seems like a rarity for him to even put up that many points. I mean, he might be there, Josiah Jordan-James, in a sense. He might go for 21 game, then he'll go for like three and four and seven for the next 20 to 30 games. Nobody else really did anything for Kentucky. Big Z didn't even get in the ball game. I think they said he was only 
available if, in case of emergency. Who's sick or something? No. Oh, and, and then Wagner didn't play. I think Wagner was a big loss for them. He's a good player. He's a good player, and we're probably going to see him at the end of the year here in Thompson Bowling. But, I mean, as far as everything that our guys did, you know, of course, JP and Cameron Carr, they only saw like two and three minutes apiece. Well, I was shocked when Carr came in. I was like, what in the world? Uh, I, I had to do a quick take. Yeah. But I mean, he played He played all right. I mean, I mean he first, took that horrible shot that hit off the top of the backboard. That was, that was, <laughs> was not good. I can't imagine how nervous he was getting that ball in the corner. I mean, <laughs> he hadn't played a single minute. In three minutes, he notched a rebound and an assist. Uh, he had the sweet assist, though, to James on the alley oop. Uh, JP went over. He did everything that I did. Nothing. He was he was lost out there too. Yeah, I mean, thing is, that was his first like real big time, big time SEC game. I think the most impressive part for me was that watching the game, it seemed like Kentucky was like bigger than us. Which is something we've struggled with all season. Yeah, because when Adu goes up against dominant big man, he just folds. Right, and he played great. He had almost double uh, the rebounds anyone on Kentucky had. Um, And just the whole team rebounded really well. Um, I'm sure that was a point of emphasis after that South Carolina game. And glad that game woke us up because, man, that that was such a fun game to watch. Marcus, what was your most impressive performance over the weekend? Um, I think I did a pretty good job at work, honestly. It was pretty impressive how I was able to continue doing all that I did. Um, MVP. Yeah, for real. Uh, to get to get things done and cleaned up the way that I did, whew, you would have thought I was a madman over the weekend. Those Sandy Buckets, man, they, they couldn't, have, couldn't have been touched by better hands. Oh, I mean, I've got little cuts all over my hands from how hard I was scrubbing. You have no idea. It was uh, me and that steel wool, man. We... Uh, Honestly, that's the that's the real MVP, Steel Wool. Um, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really watch many sports this weekend. I, I thought it was cool seeing uh, the tribute that the Celtics put out for Marcus Smart. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, then also, it was fun watching them just you know destroy them. Uh, you saw the injury list for the Grizzlies? <laughs> yeah. It was like thirteen players. That starting five was. Un- it, I've never even heard of one of those guys. It doesn't matter. We still. We still won. Took care of business. We saw what happened when they played the Lakers without some of their dudes. <laughs> I don't even. All right, calm down. Calm down over there, Mr. Hey, we did this on pick, the road pick, and beat the Knicks city. and the Celtics. Pick a city and, and stick with that city. You don't have to go all across the board. Hey, LeBron plays the Lakers. I'm talking about the Lakers games. G.G. Jackson played 36 minutes for the Grizzlies. Is that a kid from South Carolina? Yes. Jacob Gilliard. Scotty Pippen Jr., right? Was he out there? He had 27 minutes. Was, yeah. Jacob Gilliard had 36 minutes. Who are some of these guys? Your leading point scorer for the Memphis Grizzlies was Scotty Pippen Jr. <laughs> he had 19. I want to talk about this a little bit in the next segment. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. 
upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows, Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway, give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. One here on the G.I. Jake Show on Fan Run Radio, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, online at the new FanRunRadio.com and your new and improved free Fan Run Radio app. Did anyone see where the SEC and Big Ten have decided they're going to form together an advisory committee to essentially take down the NCAA? I... I did see the – I didn't read much on it, but, you know, this whole thing's been kind of wild. It's been wild. I mean, we're going to have the court hearing at some point, I'm pretty sure up in the near future, of uh state of Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia. That case is going to be heard in Greenville, Tennessee at the courthouse. So the Big Ten and the SEC have formed a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors to, quote, address the significant challenges facing college athletics and how to improve the student-athlete experience. The conferences announced Friday. The move is sig- significant because it reflects a growing relationship between the two largest and wealthiest conferences and their respective commissioners as the balance of power continues to tilt in their favor of the evolving, evolving collegiate landscape. 
Sources have told ESPN the Big Ten Commissioner Tom excuse me, I'm not going to say that name because it sounds like I'm saying something that I can't, and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey have been working closely together more than their predecessors had. At a time in which conference expansion has further separated their leagues from the other FBS conferences. That's SEC will welcome Oklahoma and Texas and the Big Ten will add Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA from the Pac-12 that is on the verge of extinction. The advisor group was formed in reaction to recent court decisions pending litigation and a patchwork of state laws and complex governance proposals. So, here's the thing, guys. When I said last night, excuse me, said last night. It's like I'm still doing overtime. I'm mm-hmm. not doing shows on a Sunday. Last week, this is going to be the end of the NCAA. I fully believe that it's going to be the end. I'm looking forward to it. I think everybody should look forward to it. There's nothing better than taking down an organization that is as corrupt as Bernie Madoff. Let's get Dr. Vall in here next. What do you say, Dr. Vall? Uh, happy Victory Monday, guys. Uh, I missed the first about 35 minutes of the show. Brett, did you take your victory lap? Because you've earned it. <laughs> I didn't really get into it a whole lot. I didn't. In, I didn't know if I needed to say a whole lot. I said my piece last week, and Josiah just backed it up really well on Saturday. Um, you know, the guy that was coming at me the most, uh, has not spoken up just yet. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I just told people, you know, when connects going off, it's hard for guys to get shots, you know, and Josiah was getting two, three shots and he, he took advantage of some opportunities on Saturday and proved he's still a solid player and can help our team win. And he was one of the main reasons we won by the margin we did and, and how we won. So, uh. You know, I'm I'm happy to be proven right because unfortunately I was also wrong last week because I did say Kentucky uh, going into the game I thought was going to win and I'm glad I was wrong on that. Okay, see that answers my next question because I thought I was losing my mind because you took a lot of uh, hate on the VR. That's what I was hearing. I didn't get to hear it. Okay, well I said a lot of hate. I think it was two people, but yeah, no, like kind of like in Brett and Philly's face. I'm like, Brett was defending Triple J. I don't. Yeah. So maybe that's what they were talking about then. Yeah. Well, Um, if you haven't figured it out with that whole crew with the view, they just like to put words in everybody's mouth and spew out lies that are not true. Well, that does sound like the view, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, It does. (laughs) <laughs> no, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was not expecting 26. I was expecting Josiah to have a solid game. I mean, nobody in their right mind expecting to go get a career high or, or close to it. I can't can't remember if it was a career high, but um, but no, he was he was unbelievable on Saturday. And uh, yeah, I I loved every minute of it, <laughs> to say the least. It seems like he was attacking more, and that's my question for y'all, Jake. I believe you've talked about it in the past, but. Why does he not attack some games? Do you think it's a confidence thing with him? Because it seems like when he gets an early shot off and gets going, that's when he's like, okay, I can do this. And that's kind of weird if that is because, I mean, he's been with us since, I mean, Barnes started coaching there almost. And, you know, I relate it, and this is going to shock some people. I've actually seen a movie. It's like in the Sandlot when Benny goes up to Scotty Smalls and he says, you got to stop thinking so much. Just go out there and have fun because if you were having fun, you would have caught that ball. Well, Josiah Jordan-James stops thinking so much gain some confidence, just go out there and have fun and play the game you know how to play, you're going to be successful. And that's what we saw on Saturday night. He wasn't playing scared. He wasn't thinking. He just went out there and had fun and played the ball that he knew how to play. Well, and, and also, he. what also I said last week was, 
I never thought he wasn't playing hard with effort. Like I said, he led us in rebounds, led us in steals, led us assists. So my thing, I thought the effort was there. The shots weren't there because you got Connect, who's going off, and you whoever's got the hot hand, let him go. Ziegler had been hot. You know, he, there's not enough shots to go around. I, you know, Saturday there was a lot of shots because our effort was there. We're getting extra uh, chances. We're getting out in transition. We're getting a lot of opportunities. So uh, I always thought the effort was there, and, you know, he was able to put the ball in the basket on Saturday. I don't think he'd had 18 shots in the last, you know, eight, nine games combined, you know, much less points. So uh, I just thought the effort had always been there, and, you know, he put it all together on Saturday. You know, I heard somebody make a great point on another show. Like, some of these five-year guys we've had, like Fulkerson, Vescovy, Mm -hmm. and Triple J, like – their most memorable games, excluding Vescovy, but don't y'all think it's at Rupp? Like, Fulkerson went off at Rupp, and maybe it's just recency bias, but, I mean, Triple J, that that was incredible last yes. night. It's kind of like Camwall, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. He pissed me off a lot of times, but I always remember what he did uh, versus Duke in the tournament. That, yeah. that and, one where and, he just soared it, through the air was beautiful. And you knew you were going to get opportunities against Kentucky. They're just so bad defensively. So, I hope this is a game where everybody got right, you know, and, like, it – you know, got everybody going that, hey, we don't need Connect to win every single game. It's nice to have him, and he's our best offensive player still. But, you know, it was a nice nice way to get right, hopefully. And DR Vol, Justin Hanna has just chimed in. He said, I, there is a show that I need to send you to watch on Discovery. What's up? Midget Madness. <laughs> well, you tell Justin Hanna, I'm actually on my way to Savannah, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to slap that phone out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't know, Dr. Dr. and I, we uh, we're kind of afraid. Afraid? Kinda. I break out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm telling you, guys, like uh, there, I can tell y'all some stories. I had to call backup in when I was working a second shift at the hospital, and one one of them things came in through the ER, and I had to call in backup. <laughs> I, get in. I was panic attack. I, I, I just I physically can't. Wow. Well. DR, I'm just going to call it like it is. The reason I'm afraid of them is uh, when I was in college, uh, we decided we were going to go to a, a gentleman's club in Nashville. We did not know they were having midget wrestling there that night. One of them screamed at me. I went to the car, and I sat there until it was over. See, that, that's why – see, Jake, I've always said this about you. It's why you're one of my favorite fan-run personalities. Me and you are the same person. You are an extreme person. I'm an extreme person. That happened to me in sixth grade. We went to uh, one of the minor league baseball games in Jackson, Tennessee, the Diamond Jacks, whatever they're called then. And they announced, like, fifth inning, stay, stay after the game for midget wrestling. I was like, oh, hell no. So I went and sat in the car with my dad and my mom kept my brother. My brother was obsessed with those things, and it's just crap like that. You know, that just promotes it, and, you know, it, I just – we got to get rid of the crap like that. Because honestly, it's making fun of them, and uh, I don't think that's fair to those little things. Well, I hate to break it to you. You may want to stay away from uh, Pigeon Forge for a little while then. Why? Uh, I drove through Pigeon Forge uh, sometime last week. I saw a big billboard. There, There's going to be like a, a home for, as they put it, miniature wrestling, I think. How do they fr- – Oh, my God. Let me see if I find it real quick. Micro wrestling. That, that sounds even worse. Yeah, there's like a whole thing for it. Uh, they're on. I was looking it up because I was going to try to convince some friends to go. Not you guys, don't worry. And uh, I found out they're on tour right now, but they'll be back in Pigeon Forge like in a month or so. 
Yeah. Oh my God. See, it's this, in our own backyard I now, DR. I don't get it. They're, they're they're shoving it down our throats, Marcus. They just uh, they're throwing it on our children, and, and they're going to put it in schools, and they've got it in Pigeon Forge, and it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want to be around it. That's not that's not the America I grew up in. That's a good point. I don't What's know. your response to that, Marcus? I mean, I don't I don't want to sound awful, but say, by saying this, but there's there's no proof of anything in history like you know we don't see in our history books anything i don't know like this is throwing me <laughs> off for a loop i don't know how to respond marcus all right look here's some research you can do and i'm gonna hop off here go look at what those little things did to dorothy and the wizard of oz and go watch chucky and then there's your answer crap like that i don't i don't want my children around it I thought weren't wasn't weren't they on the side of Dorothy or am I remembering that movie? No, wrong? no, no, no. Look at that. She was uh, sexually harassed. It, it was pretty bad. Oh, like the behind the scenes of... stuff. Oh, I thought yeah, you meant yeah, yeah, behind the, the scenes. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I thought yeah, you meant on the movie. Well. Yo, like... I'm not gonna lie. I'm sitting here having a panic attack thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, I won't watch it. I was. Uh... I'd be on the witch's side if she attacked the land of Oz, whatever it was. But, uh, guys, I, I've, I can't sit here and talk about this all day. I, I, I will say I'm enjoying the show. Uh, there's things I don't like about each of y'all. But, Jake, it, mostly it's just you don't watch enough movies. Marcus, you know my Hey, uh, DR, DR, real quick, do you have two seconds yeah. to give us your opinion on what Joe did over the weekend? Milton? Oh, there's something. Lord, yeah, I know who you're talking about. There's something, <laughs> Brett, uh, this is what I've learned that, in my 34 years of life. There's something to admire with consistency, and if you can always meet expectations, then uh, you know people will trust you. And he met mine, and so I can trust him. Do you think Heupel watched that on TV yesterday? <laughs> What's that? You think Heupel watched that on TV yesterday? <laughs> he probably watched that and thought, God, I wish I could have another year. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Hey. So, yeah, y'all have a good day. Appreciate the phone call, buddy. Just going to say real quick, uh, DR, if, if you're still listening um, or when you listen later, I voted for you this time around on the newest uh, challenge. Oh, we didn't endorse that. I mean, I'm not. I didn't. Do I didn't say <laughs> no, what it he, was. Yeah. I'm just saying the most recent thing. I voted for him. I know he got you know the short end of the stick of it, but uh, that wasn't a little person thing. But. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully uh, he knows I voted for him this time. So, sorry about that, bud. How did we get on this? Oh yeah, Justin Hanna came in and derailed the show, doing what he does. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Anyway, we were talking about this NCAA nonsense, in which they think that they're gonna get all their power and everything's gonna be fine and dandy. And part of it is probably they think they got the money to do it because they got 1.3 billion dollars in revenue for the 2022-2023 fiscal year. That's a lot of money. It rose from the previous year from $1.14 billion. Let me ask you this. You know, we talk about all the time, you know, because the stance used to be, well, you're getting a scholarship, that's good enough. You're getting a scholarship, that's good enough. There, Keep in mind, there are only a probably, I would say, 25 or 26 schools that actually profit from athletics each year. Not many of them do. Everyone knows that, right? Like, Tennessee's one of the 26 schools that actually profits from athletics every year. And it's because the football and the basketball teams at these respective schools are basically funding every other non-revenue generating sport. Yes, baseball's come along here at Tennessee, but you still got the football and the basketball team funding all that. 
Women's basketball, every school takes a loss on that. Track and field, every school takes a loss. Swimming, every school takes a loss, unfortunately. But all your non-revenue generating sports, they cost the university money. They're all at a deficit. Every single non-revenue generating sport is at a deficit. That's why you have some schools in the Big Ten that just replace baseball with hockey. It's like, okay, well, if we got a choice, we're just going to do this because we can just isolate this to this certain region of the country, and that's what they do. But, like, I was – like, I did not realize that one team that I figured would have a baseball team, Colorado, does not have a baseball team. Really? They don't have one. So, for some of those – some of those programs that do put the university to, at a deficit, the NCAA is still making money on that. The NCAA is still making money from the sponsors that are sponsoring, like, the National Men's Tennis Tournament. The national swimming meets, national track meets. The NCAA is making money off of that. The schools aren't making much money at all. As, as I stated, they're losing money because they still got to buy uniforms. They still got to pay for travel. They got to pay for all that. I want to get into that a little bit more in the next hour. Stay with us. Hour number one of the books, hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee.